Good morning. My name's Tom. I'm an elder here. I am elderly. And I'm a new grandparent. And I looked at my desk calendar this morning, and guess what it saw said in real small print at the bottom of today? Today is National Grandparents Day. So by the power invested in me, I declare it a national holiday. And if you are still in the workforce, you are off tomorrow. All right. If you are a student, you still have to go to school. The love only goes so far. I'm sorry. All right. Are you a yeah, but person or a yes, but Believer, what does that look like? Oh, I don't know. How, how about yesterday's weather yesterday? Wasn't it perfect? Wasn't it great? Yeah. Yeah, but today's supposed to get really hot later on. How about the worship team? All of them volunteers. Vivian leading for the very first time. Didn't they do great? Yeah. Yeah, but the one song, there was a half note that was off a little bit. <laughs> We have, we have a great crowd here today, and a yeah, but person will say, yeah, but the so-and-so family wasn't here. Or did you see the way that that person over by the window wasn't paying, no, no offense, Jack, wasn't paying attention. <laughs> um, you can go to the next slide, dear. So the other day, I'm, I'm walking with my nephew. He's one of my who's my ones, who's my ones. And uh, it was a really hot day, and uh, we came out of this wooded section, and we were heading up a street, and there was this older lady who was doing yard work. And she saw us from about 100 yards away, and she just leaned on her shovel like this, and she watched us walk all the way up to her. And I knew what she was doing. She was just catching her breath, taking a break. And so as we caught up to her, the Lord laid on me to encourage her, because that's what Christians should do. And I said, uh, Hang in there, you're almost done, which she was, and your yard looks great. And she smiled from ear to ear, and she was just, yay, yay. At that moment, we heard this loud, rumbling noise. And she looked concerned, and I said, don't worry, that's not thunder. That's just the gap, the military base, practicing with their, with their weapons. And her face grew stern, and she said, yeah, but they need to practice because of those idiots in D.C., Have a nice day. <laughs> where, where did that nice older lady go that I saw just, just a minute ago? And, um, and I don't care who she considers the idiots. Trust me, I don't care. The point is, not the political statement, is just that it changed her whole demeanor. It changed her whole demeanor. <laughs> so you can go to the next slide, dear. So day after that, I'm watching the uh, news. And the news lady said, hey, folks, um, Pennsylvania is doing better than a lot of other states with this uh, Delta variant. And in fact, next week should be our peak. And after that, we should start to see a, an incremental, slow, steady decline in the number of cases. Two, three. Yeah, but there's a new variant that might be coming from the southern tip of Africa, which possibly could, maybe, might, da-da-da-da-da. 
No sooner is she off the screen, and then it's the smiling weather person who says, folks, I know we had a lot of rain, but we didn't get the worst of it like many states did. And if you'll look at the next five-day forecast, it's going to be sunny for five days. Two, three. Yeah, but there's this storm brewing a 1,000 miles on the other side of Bermuda, which might, could possibly, maybe, happenstance come our way and affect the waves at our shore. My point is this, folks. The world does not want you to smile, does not want you to have happiness, does not want you to experience joy, does not want you to celebrate. Your life should be full of pessimism and dread. And Satan loves it. Satan loves it. But we're going to talk about how Christians should respond to all this and how they certainly shouldn't be a part of this. Now listen, for today's this sh- sermon, I am going to treat joy and happiness as synonyms. As synonyms. Everybody say, oh, you're not allowed to do that, Tom. You're not allowed to do that. That's a radical idea because through years of books and sermons, we have been taught that, joy, that happiness and joy are two different things, right? Happiness is on your face and joy is in your heart. We pursue happiness, but we choose joy. Joy is sacred, and happiness is secular and sinful. Just for today, folks, let's not use that narrow definition, okay? Because how in the world are we going to tell someone that the good news gospel of Jesus Christ will never bring you happiness? If I was that person, my response would be, then how in the world do you call it good news? Okay? Joy and happiness can coexist. They even coexist in the Bible. Here's the verse from, um, go ahead, dear. Next verse, there you go. This is uh, from the book of Esther. This is near the end of the book where Haman's plot to eradicate the Jews from the world is discovered, and instead he's hung on the gallows, and they respond by saying, for the Jews it was a time of happiness and joy, gladness and honor. Here's another verse from Jeremiah. This is the weeping prophet, by the way. But he is encouraged because God has told them how he's going to renew Israel. He says, then the virgin will rejoice with dancing while young and old men rejoice together. I will turn their mourning into joy, give them consolation, and bring happiness out of grief. Now, certainly short-term happiness, doing ungodly things to fulfill a sinful desire, that's not the kind of happiness we're talking about. But I believe there is a God-honoring happiness, okay? And Satan hates it. And Satan hates it. So enough about that. We're just going to treat those two terms as synonyms for today. Um, So, yeah, but people. Yeah, but people. Always finding the thing that's wrong. Always finding the fly in the ointment. Have you ever heard that expression? The fly in the ointment. Many people think that came from the book of Ecclesiastes, um, where it was used to compare wisdom and foolishness. Let's look at this. God bless you. As dead flies give perfume a bad smell, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. So this is an example of how things can go wrong, how one thing can cause things to go wrong. But this is not meant to be someone's life verse, okay? This is not meant to be a lifestyle choice, always looking for what's wrong, all right? Yeah, but people, man, they are exhausting. They are exhausting. Raise your hand if you have someone in mind right now that is a, uh, okay, hands down, hands down, because hopefully you're not that person. 
Um, they're manipulative. They're very judgmental. They make huge generalizations. They exaggerate the truth. They're selfish. And boy, oh boy, are they difficult to get along with. They are also human vacuum cleaners. Human vacuum cleaners. And they'll suck it out of you two ways. Number one, they'll suck you into their negative, pessimistic discussions. And you just get drawn in, and next thing you know, you're wallowing in the dirt with them. What do they also do is suck the joy and happiness out of a room. Okay? So we're going to look at some verses today from God's Word. And these are familiar verses, and, and that's why I'm using them. You know, who cares what Tom has to say? This is God's Word about how you can go from a, yeah, but person to a yes but believer okay so hopefully you grabbed a outline as you came in and there's some fill-ins you can use on that as we go along so yeah but people they will say things that uh, you have to be punished Christian for your belief you you're acting too pious you're acting too holy and you need to be put in your place just like Joseph's brothers grabbed him and threw him in a pit and sold him into slavery. But then God ended up making him second in command in Egypt. Reminds me of this verse in Genesis. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. To accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. Yeah, but people are going to try to put you down. They're going to try to bring you down. And you just ignore it. Because no matter how powerful or manipulative they are. If your heart is pure and you seek to please the Lord, it will turn to good. It will turn to good. Another example is, yeah, but people like to tell you that life is scary. There's danger on every side. There's, you can't look to your left or your right. You can't look down. There's nowhere to look that there's not danger. To which the yes, but believer might respond, but you are a shield around me, O Lord you bestow glory on me and lift up my head. You know, we read that today, right? As our verse, and we sang the song. Posture is huge, folks. For a yes, but believer, posture is huge. Physically doing things with your body. Um, I know for me, in my prayer life, if I start to feel like my prayers, as I sit in my closet, are, you know, hitting the ceiling, or more often than not, I have... Uh, P-A-D-D, prayer A-D-D, and so my mind is going all over. And so sometimes I'll just, I'll get on my knees. And just that deep pressure in your thighs just focuses you. Well, here's another posture that's important. And this has to do with your head. Um, so I have two tiny stone driveways on either side of my garage. I live in a tight neighborhood, so uh, as I walk out to the alley, I've gotten in this terrible habit. I've become obsessive about weeds coming up into my, in my rocks. And so I'm, I walk through the drive. This is first thing in the morning. I walk through the driveway like this as I'm heading to my vehicle. The house next door could be on fire, and I wouldn't know because I'm looking for a weed. I even do it walking in here on this sidewalk right out here. I'm looking at those beautiful little rocks our kids colored. And I'm, you could be standing at the door holding the door open for me. I'd never see you because I'm looking for weed. When you spend your time looking in the weeds, that's where you're going to live. That's where you're going to live. I, the reason this verse spoke too much to, so much to me 
it reminded me of, uh, of working in an elementary school or even just being a parent where the kid comes up to you and they're distraught and they're cr crying or they're convicted because of something they've done wrong. And you reach down and you grab their chin and you lift their head up. And they look up and you say, it's okay. We'll get through this. We can do this. Well, that, that applies to adults as well. If you are constantly looking down at your health ailments and your addiction and your finance foes, uh, uh, woes and um, everything that's going wrong in your life, you can come to church and you can sing that song and you can read it. And it's almost like God reaches down and puts a thumb under your chin and just lifts your chin up. And all of a sudden, the world is bright again and the world is hopeful again. And so uh, endure me for 30 seconds. Put your, put your books down. If you're physically able, stand up for me just for a second. Just stand up. I know some of you is going to think this is ridiculous, but just work with me. Eyes closed, look down at your feet. Eyes closed, look at your feet. I'd like you to picture at your feet right now, whatever it is, that is just turning you inside out. Whatever relationship issue, whatever health concern, addictions, financial difficulties, picture that mess down there at your feet. Now with your eyes still closed, just take one thumb and put it under your chin. Just one thumb. Not using your neck muscles at all. Just let your head be a, be, be a weight. Just using your thumb, pretend the Lord is lifting down and push your head up until your eyes are still closed, but you're looking up at the ceiling. And now imagine you see the face of God. And his arms are wide open, and he's saying, I love you. It's going to be all right. Okay, you can open your eyes. You can open your Thank you. You may sit down. You may sit down. Now, I know some of you that didn't, but I'm a, I'm a feel person. I'm a tactile learner. And so I challenge you the rest of this week, when you're in the car and, and you're sort of like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, just do that to yourself. Just, just He is the lifter of your head. Amen? All right, next one, next one. Um, yeah, but people, yeah, but people are going to say to you that they've seen it all before. Been there, done that. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. Life is predictive. Life is blasé. They're very egocentric. And, and there's, there's just, you know, there's nothing exciting. Even about God's creation, there's nothing exciting. And the yes, but believer will say, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. Folks, if you're a yeah, but person, you're never going to appreciate the blue sky and the green grass and the breeze in your face and the smell of flowers and the smell of food cooking and the sound of children laughing and the beautiful music. Be a yes, but believer. Get out of that negativity and be amazed at God's creation because it is all around us. Another example. Yeah, but people will tell you that life is deflating and it's defeating, especially with regard to these human vessels, our bodies. Our bodies, 
I know young people don't feel this right now, but in time, things start to come apart. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Okay? Of course your body is starting to fail as it gets older. Everybody's does. That's called getting old. All right? So quit living there. Quit dwelling in that. Quit sharing it with everybody you come across. All right? We can see you're getting old too. You don't need to tell us. And, and don't grow old before your time. A dear friend of mine is uh, 71. And he walks and he stays healthy. The other day he fell. Uh, hiking, a tree root got him. And he sat there for a minute and uh, was bloody and everything. And they fixed him up and he stood up. And then he was walking with me again on Friday morning. And he said, you know, Tom, if I didn't have Christ, that fall really shook me. And if I didn't have Christ, I would have been convincing myself that this is just the beginning of the end. It's all downhill from now. Let me just start sitting in my chair and not even trying anymore. But because of Christ, right, because he's a yes but believer, he's up and going again. Another example. Another example, some people will tell you there is no, that life is unfair and that there is no true love in this world. No true love. Well, here's a verse you might know. Talk about true love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ in one verse. So I know you may have relationships that go astray. There's plenty of folks here, divorced, separated, whatever. Your relationship is God, is perfect God, love, is perfect love. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will always be there. He'll always offer you his very best. He loves you more than you love yourself. That is the gospel right there in one verse. His love is a love worth living for. It's a love worth dying for. This is a story I shared with my Sunday school class a couple weeks ago. A man in his 50s uh, was dying. So much so that he was on hospice, just age 50. And so they brought hospice to his living room. They set up a bed in his living room. His wife was there beside him. He probably only had hours to live. And in fact, he did pass away just a few hours after this. Folks were coming in to pay their last respects. His loving wife sat next to him holding his hand, looking calm and, and peaceful and, and maybe even almost rejoice, full of rejoice. And finally, one of the visitors who came at the very beginning got really irritated with her, looking calm. And like she had some kind of joy going on. And finally blurted out to her, how can you be like this? This is so unfair. There's no love in this world. And this is what the lady responded, and I'll read it so I don't mess it up. She said, my husband deserves to go to hell just like you and me. But because of Christ, in a few hours, my husband will be with God in heaven. Is that not worth rejoicing about? Wow. 
Wow, it's a perfect love, folks. It's a perfect love. How dare we live in the mud when God has this love to offer us. Next one. Yeah, but people will say, once a sinner, always a sinner. You're doomed. You're doomed. The yes, but believer will say, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still, what? Sinners. Christ died for us. Some of you may have convinced yourself or you have a relative who's convinced themselves that they're too bad to be saved. And this verse tells us that's never true. It's never been true. There's no horrific sin that God can't forgive. Yeah, but people will also say that there's a payment for your sins, right? There are consequences, and you got to go through those, and baby, there is nobody coming to help you. To which the yes, but believer will respond, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Doesn't mean consequences go away. We'll probably still have to pay, not probably, you will still have to pay consequences here on this earth. But that's what awaits us. Eternal life with the one who loves us more than anyone. Yeah, but people will tell you that, um, you know, just, there's so many temptations. There's so many trials. Just give up. There's no way we can, we can endure and the yes but believer will say, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Now, some translations, instead of temptations, they have trials. It doesn't matter. Whichever one it is. Whether you're going through temptations or trials, sometimes God chooses you to go through it, right? I remember when I was sick, and dear God, did I want it to just go away. But he said no, so I had to live through it for several years and still have after effects. Had to go through it. Sometimes he just provides a way out, right? I remember when I was... <laughs> When I was a principal, there was this one family. This mom was driving me nuts. Dri oh, she was one of those. Educators know exactly what I mean. And we were supposed to have this big meeting the next day. And I barely slept that night because I let worry take over instead of trusting God. And I showed up. And <laughs> the secretary came up to me and she said, guess what? The Millers have moved out of state. They won't be at today's meeting. I tried not to show my joy and elation. <laughs> but she was like, Mr. Toon, I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Sometimes God just provides a way out. That's not normally how he does it. Normally you got to go through it. But he's there. But he's there. Some people would say that uh, Christians, you're just like us. You're just like us. There's no difference. You're never going to change. There's no hope in this world. Everyone's the same. To which the yes but believer would respond, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature 
and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. So let them go on and on about politics. Let them go on and on about the weather and taxes and social issues and et cetera, et cetera. I'm not saying that you don't have to deal with those, but man, you know how it ends. You know where you're going. You know who's in charge, amen? Lastly, lastly, yeah, but people will tell you, just accept defeat. Quit fighting it. It's just the way it is. To which a yes, but believer will respond, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. That's why, that's how I'm going to persevere. That's how I'm going to not just endure, I'm going to embrace life. I don't want to just go day to day, even if it's a job you hate or a relationship that's hard. Embrace life. You can't do that of yourself, but you can do it if you are a believer because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. All right, so gave you some examples there of uh, are you a yeah, but person or a yes, but believer. Now, I'm not, you know, being all pie in the sky. I know life can be hard. I've lived there. I've been that. And at times it's still that. And I'm not saying put your head in the sand and ignore that there aren't hard times. There are. But if your default, especially if you claim to be a Christian, if your default is to embrace negativity, you are in for a long, sad, lonely life. Believers choose to wear our positivity. And if happiness is on the outside, then guess what? That's what the world sees. That's what the world sees. So I don't care if they see happiness. I don't care if they see joy. And you can change from one person to another, not of your own doing, but because of Jesus. Here's our last slide. I have a challenge for you. Any pessimism, any negativity that comes your way this week, any yeah, but people who are in your face, or you may have the thoughts yourself in your head, I want you to try to respond as a yes, but believer. And you can do that because of these two things. Number one, God is still on his throne and God is in control. No matter what happens, God is still on his throne and God is control. So when you start to go there, remember who the lifter of your head is. Amen? Worship team, would you come up, please? As the worship team comes up, I hope that this message inspired those believers who are here who are going through tough and difficult times. If you are not a believer, this may have sounded good to you, but you'll never know it until you know him. So please feel free to come up and talk with me or someone else about that. And let's all stand.
for a moment of silent prayer. And then when the music starts, we'll worship God in song.